0: hey what's going on champs i'm aaron deliosa welcome to an immigrants life podcast my podcast about immigrants immigration and everything in between in a flash we are already mid-november how are you guys doing hope it's well with you and the family oh uh before i forget i'm posting more content on social media and so far it's getting good reception so if you want to check that out follow me on instagram and facebook at an immigrant's life listen to the podcast on youtube and however you listen to your podcast special call out to my apple podcast listener you guys always ask how to help the podcast this is the best and free way to do so give the podcast a five-star rating and a short and sweet review it doesn't have to be long as long as it you write something it could be five star you say because um, that's how the podcast gets more rich on Apple Podcasts, by getting tons of rating. So please, please help us out there. We'd really appreciate it. That's for housekeeping. Now, let's talk about the episode. Do me a favor and close your eyes and imagine the epitome of a gentleman. You see him? That's exactly who's our guest today. This guy is one of the classiest people I've ever met. And not just classy, intelligent too. His story is a story of ambition executed through kindness. And I know you love it and you love him. So, without further ado, let's get into the show. Isa Dallawa Tatlo. Today's guest is as stylish as Giorgio Armani, as good looking as Lorenzo Riquelmi, and a polymath like Leonardo da Vinci. Everyone, please welcome Eugenio Rotondi.
1: Hi everyone, how are you today?
0: I'm good my man, you?
1: That was a, a very nice introduction. I feel humbled. <laughs> I, I don't know if you actually reflect all of that but thank you so much.
0: Hell yeah! Look <laughs> at you, you're all dressed up and while I'm wearing a hoodie over here. <laughs>
1: i love dressing up a lot in fact i have friends who teach me because uh, even when it's those i have a jacket and uh, uh and a button shirt so uh, yeah I, I think i go i wear a lot of shirts and a lot of, um, of uh, suits i like to do that uh, it makes me feel good and you know some people don't like it some people like it it's fine you know it's life
0: but yeah, i love right. being myself hey listen you're italian it's normal
1: <laughs> that's what they say
0: you know what I mean I, hey listen I love dressing up too but if I'm home I'm gonna wear a hoodie or you know pajamas or whatever else I'm gonna wear you know not like you you're like at okay, you're at home you're all dressed up like this is going to be an interview for the UN or
1: something no no actually I'm not, I'm not home uh, I'm in Marseille uh, today for the weekend because uh, I'm traveling for work uh so that's why the only kind of clothes i brought with me are shirts and suits <laughs> so uh there's still no hoodies uh, oh are you sleeping your suit <laughs> pajama but i didn't i didn't think it would have been cool to actually have the interview on a pajama i don't know <laughs>
0: <laughs> well i'm wearing a
1: hoodie over here it's perfectly fine
0: no as long as you're comfortable that's all i care man if you whatever
1: you want to wear i'm cool with that too you know I'm very, uh, I'm very comfortable dressing well. Uh, I've always liked uh, externalizing that part of me or myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes, you know, uh, people say, "Why would you dress like that just to go?" You know, throw out the trash or something. It's like it's fine. You know, just
0: don't tell <laughs> just... me you <laughs> wear a suit when you're throwing a
1: trash. Don't tell me that. <laughs> no, no, I don't wear a suit when I when I throw out the trash. I just, you know, I don't go down with my slippers. That's for sure. Seriously, you my wear sleep. shoes
0: just to throw trash? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I do. I feel uncomfortable wearing my my flip flops when I go downstairs. Bro, I don't know you, why.
0: You're a classic person, man.
1: If you see my brother says so.
0: If you see me, i like, I'll be wearing my wife's uh, shoes, my my kid's jacket. You know what I mean? Just a little trash. You're going out, man. What you need to wear shoes for? I don't know. I I cannot even
1: justify that. So,
0: hey, you're a, again. You're a classic guy. Uh, I'm. I'm trash, you know?
1: <laughs> no, nah, you're not trash. I'm just
0: joking. So, Eugenio, before we move on, would you like to promote anything?
1: No, I just, I mean, I just want to say something about the, the, the community that uh, me and my brother were trying to build with the Overseas Dream. This is an initiative that me and my brother started uh, a couple of months ago. People seem to appreciate what we're doing. Basically, just to to give you a very brief uh, description of uh, our objective as the overseas dream is to create a community where people who are thinking, contemplating, just had the idea probably of leaving their, their home country and go live somewhere else for professional, academic or anything else any any kind of reasons uh they can find any information they need from people who have had already that experience and who are willing to share that experience why you one will ask there are so many of those websites out there that do that what makes the overseas dream unique in what it does in what it provides well our intent is to actually build content with other expats, immigrants, however you want to define yourself. That's why we do so many spotlights every week, because we want, we know that there might be someone else who wants to have an experience to go, uh, you know, to, to emigrate, to leave their own country. And I would not be myself the right person to give a suggestion or to share my experience to everyone in front of me. Why? Because. I have my own experiences as a person who comes from Montesarchio, was born in Naples. I have my own experiences as myself living, for instance, in the U.S. Someone coming from another country, from another background, might have a totally different experience. And I will not be able to to tell them how they will enjoy, how they will live in another country. So I want to make sure that everyone gets to share their experience and that whoever... From wherever you come from, you you are able to find that experience that you're looking for and, you know, to to find that someone who you feel more linked to and to understand really what would mean to go to the other country. What would be your experiences there and what, you know, like are the good and the bad of that country? Not everything is always golden. I can tell you New York is golden, but... Uh, if you come from a country and you go there and you have a different experience because of your background, because of the things you like or whatever, you know, it just, it's not going to match. So I want to make sure that everyone gets to share their experience and everyone can profit from it.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. Like um, for some of the listeners, uh, the Overseas Dream did a spotlight on me. Not that I help or yeah. anything, but they did. The
1: you do. You, do. you Thank do. You. It's very Thank important. Uh, yours is a unique experience sorry if I'm but yours is a unique experience you know like also the other person that we include on the spotlights everyone shared a very very unique experience and you know like sometimes we include some of the questions are the same we change the question we adapt the question based on your content right on your page but there are some questions that are the same and you will you will just you know be surprised at how many different responses we've gotten people sometimes because i've had that that question saying don't people just tell you the same thing over and over that's not true you will get a very different response each time you know why because each of us has very unique experiences uh, very unique experiences so mm-hmm. and that's the beauty of it
0: yeah i completely agree because i remember when i was starting the podcast and i will have i had some questions that are pretty much what i like my my go-to questions and i was like uh oh, you know if i if i ask the same question over and over again people might get bored you know and one of my friends says no because they have a different answer to the, the same question and I'm like yo that makes so much sense exactly what you're saying i love it
1: it's true a hundred percent i can attest to it and i cannot agree with you more on this
0: mm-hmm. thank you so Let's talk about Eugenio's origin story. You mentioned that okay. you grew up in Naples and I'm not even going to pronounce the name because I'm pretty sure I'm going to destroy it like your how I pronounce your name. You say the name and you tell us your origin story.
1: <laughs> okay. I was born in Naples, but I grew up in a in a small village that is not far from Naples and it's called Montesarchio. Montesarchio it's located within the hills of the of the Campania region because Italy is divided in regions and uh, Naples is located in Campania region and that's where it also Montesarchio is. Montesarchio it's a small village of fifteen thousand people, around fifteen thousand people, maybe a bit more now. So I grew up there. Um, it was a very small uh, reality where you know everyone knows everyone and um, yeah. So I I would have never thought of leaving home. I did uh, most of my studies in Montesac, you up to the last year of high school and then uh, I left to the U.S. In the beginning I thought I was going to uh, stay in Italy. I actually uh, tried to apply to the army, the navy, the air force. I tried to do some uh, um, it's what we call in French they say concourse so it's like um, you know um, Trying to get in, it's very competitive. And I got to the last point and then I didn't get in after preparing so much. So I decided to go to the United States. to Wait, New York. you tried to be uh, in the army? Yeah, I did. Why? Well, um, at the time, I thought that was going, that's what I wanted, actually. You know, I was very convinced about it. Uh, it was the second, I was in my junior year in high school and I really thought I was going to like it and um you know it's usually this uh, process to get into because it was an actual academy it's kind of the equivalent of west point but in italy
0: mm. oh we have that in the have Philippines one
1: too. Uh, okay so okay. you know we have that in italy and we have one for each force so you have one for the army one for the navy one for the air force uh, and also one for what is called the finance guard. so i tried for all of them and uh, the father's i got was with the navy uh i, I went to the last step and that's where i didn't make it was very disappointed, but uh i that helped me also understand what i really wanted you know because at that age i was more attracted i realized to the um, external image of being an officer rather than what it really means i didn't really understand mm. that up to the point where i failed in this and probably it was meant to be that way because it made me really reflect on uh, what I was really supposed to do and those live in my, my home country. And mm-hmm. so I left, I was 19 and I went to New York. Wait, uh, you said
0: you left. Did you tell your parents that you're leaving? Yeah. How, yeah, did, they, yeah, of how course. did
1: they react? My parents, uh, one thing about my parents is that they've always been extremely supportive. They, you know, as every child would say, they are the best parents in the world. And that's what I think about my parents, because they've been very open Uh, to to work on whatever I wanted to do in life and, uh, you know, also to talk about things. They've always been very talkative with us. And the one thing that probably has pushed me the most in my journey outside and also my brother is that they trusted me throughout any decision that I took in my life. So they trusted that I would have done good if I would have gone to the U.S. And so mm. even if my brother already left, he was already living in upstate New York at the time. Um, they still trusted the fact that I, I could go also by myself. And mm. uh, that's what happened. Well, so they took it okay. I
0: guess you're a good kid, eh?
1: I I don't know if I really match the definition of a good kid, but uh, I'll like, go You know, that.
0: goes to school properly, <laughs> listen to their parents, don't, don't get in trouble like me. I get in trouble all yeah. the time.
1: <laughs> uh, I didn't get in trouble too much in my life, I would say, um, you know. Uh, but yeah, uh, I guess I have a you know very boring life. <laughs> don't, don't say that. Don't <laughs> it say it's boring. Be, it. It tends to be boring sometimes. I have to say. I don't know your life. Is, is it boring or, or actually is it exciting?
0: Um, when uh, listen, the exciting word could be defined to.
1: Different positive things, right? Negative. Let's exactly. go for the positive.
0: You know, uh, childhood not so good. It was rough. It was really rough. <laughs> um, but that's
1: what built you, you know, like exactly so. it
0: built me. uh After that, my adulthood, man. Compared to my childhood, <laughs> I'm like in heaven. You know what I mean? Like I, I always tell my my friends and my family that like I've reached my goal, my childhood goal. Mm. I've reached every. Every one of them I've reached, and whatever else is gravy.
1: That's what matters, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, so you were a good student. You decided to move to New York. Why New York?
1: So why New York? That's a big question. Uh, there were various factors. The first is that my brother was already in the state of New York. He was not in New York City. He was uh, upstate New York. Mm-hmm. The second is there was something that really attracted me about the big city life, probably coming from a small village. I really wanted to experience the big city life. I really wanted to, to you know, see how tough it would have been and how tough I w- I could have been, uh, you know, in order to really uh, handle the challenge and also the opportunities. I've been always a very, a person who i feel I tend to define myself as a high achiever, Um, so I really want to, you know, every time I've set myself to an objective, I've really tried my best to to achieve it. And uh, especially the disappointments such as the academy have uh, pushed me to always go further. So New York, I felt it was that uh, that much of, of a goal to reach for me. And in New York, you feel like there is always a challenge. There is always a new goal you can reach. And uh, I feel that it was really the best uh, experience of my life, the best five years of my life. And if I could go back to New York, I would go tomorrow.
0: Mm-hmm. So before we get on other topics, do you mm-hmm. adhere to the saying, if you can make it, in New York you can make it anywhere
1: not necessarily I uh, you know I don't really believe in uh, phrases that tend to encompass everything in uh, for everyone that's also the basis of the the overseas dream is it's not the same for everyone mm. it's not the same for everyone you know like I know very very strong-minded people who have not made it in New York but have made it very well in other very t- Tough cities you know New York has the recognition also because of the Hollywood uh, uh, imagination that we have of New York and the media portrayal of New York but um, New York you know it's tough the city but it's dependent on, on the person everyone has his own experiences and you know uh, definitely I can make it in New York but probably I'm not going to be able to make it uh, in any of the, in some other cities right mm-hmm. so um, like kind of hard that, uh, yeah oh yeah I mean <laughs> you know like I don't know if I you know so it's like uh, I because also I don't know the city and uh, I, I just uh, I would not be able to say that. Right. But I, I know a lot of people will say that. And I tend to have uh, discussions of hypothetical scenarios. So. Yeah, that's just
0: pride. You know, I, I I like ask every time I have someone that is from New York or lived in New York. I always that ask that question because I always like what did they say it's Most very 50 50. Fifty-fifty, like okay. you say that, you know. And so I always I'm say, like, oh, no, not you're not the only one. And like I always say, like every time they're like, yeah, it's tough there and whatever. I'm like, yeah. Have you lived in Kandahar or, you know, anywhere? Right. Like, you know what I mean? But I, it's I, it's a question that I always like just busting people's balls, as I say. It is, it you know, it really uh, tests the person, right? It's like you have to test the person. Exactly. So, did you move in with your brother or did you find your own place? No.
1: No, I found my own place. Uh, I found my own place because my brother was living upstate in New York, and he was living in the college dorm, he was attending a community college at the time. Mm -hmm. So I was living in New York and more specifically, I lived in Brooklyn, Mm -hmm. in Brooklyn in the Bay Ridge area. Mm -hmm. So how hard
0: was it mentally and physically? to live in new york by yourself and new country and i don't even know how was your
1: english then if you are you were fluid then oh you know it was kind of bad my <laughs> english uh it was kind of bad uh i never really i mean um i did speak a bit english uh and i thought it was good but when <laughs> i got there it was terrible let me tell you, terrible. you know, like terrible and i like uh so you know it took some time uh, it was very hard because i didn't understand also because you think it's, like especially in europe in european countries you tend to learn uh, more the british english than the american one there are some differences especially in the pronunciation and also when you go to new york it's a totally different world because people tend to speak so fast you know <laughs> so fast try to go one day in the subway especially at night in the in the New York City subway and take a train, you know, go, I don't know, to Brooklyn, try to just hear the announcements. The moment that you'll try to understand the announcements, that's where you know you, you start speaking English or understand English. That's where I really got to the level where I was like, yeah, I'm confident about my English now. So um, you know, like it was very hard. Uh, I definitely missed uh family. You know, you think all the time that uh you think all the time are you making a mistake right i could mm. have tried again into the academy i would have been more prepared so there were a lot of things in my mind i saw all my peers advancing me trying to get into a college and i i wasn't able to get into this college at first uh i was rejected on multiple occasions from the same college uh which then became my actual college uh so it was very hard also because i had to go through this Administration, bureaucracy, the visa process, and everything, and it was extremely, extremely, extremely hard. Uh, especially because you, uh, I, I, you know, I, I couldn't really ask much help, uh, especially back home because you know, with uh, with the English, it would have been difficult, and so uh, it was very hard to adapt. But I also that was a time when I discovered myself fully. In the hardest time, uh, it was a time where I, I started to really trust myself more confident about myself and also understand that uh, at the end if if there are no challenges you're not really living so you have to have challenges in your life and especially when you're living in a country that is not your own you will have challenges on a daily basis so you better adapt to that kind of life and to that stress mm-hmm. uh it's um it's a kind of stress that you need to be able to handle in a certain way. And if not, there are ways to handle the stress, Definitely, uh, but a hundred percent.
0: So during those dark times and hard times, what kept you going?
1: The first thing was definitely my, my goal was uh, to live in New York. And uh, at the time I wanted to become an attorney in the U.S., thing that it didn't happen at the end but I'll, I'll tell you more later why uh but yeah uh that was my goal so and also the fact that i wanted to prove to myself that it was indeed possible that a kid who grew up in south italy uh, you know uh, could actually go to the u.s you know, graduate from a U.S. university and uh, do what everyone else can do, right? You also com- always compare yourself to others. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what I told myself. I wanted to live in New York. I wanted to, you know, graduate in law and eventually I would have wanted to become uh, an attorney. That was uh, my initial objective. So that's what pushed me. And plus also the uh, the trust that my family back home had in me on the fact that I would live uh, outside.
0: Mm, don't let us
1: down, kid. I know. That's, that was uh, <laughs> definitely, definitely.
0: So, what was your first reaction when you tasted New York pizza?
1: That's a very good point. So, I would not say that uh, I love, so let, let me actually say that I love New York pizza. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Because for me, that is not just neapolitan pizza right so of course i get angry when not angry but you know like i, I kind of have an argument or a discussion when i when i hear people telling me oh this is real neapolitan pizza and then they come up with a new york pizza right mm. there is a difference for me right so for me new york pizza is very good it's not neapolitan pizza but it's very good pizza You know, so I think that that's that's where I have a deal breaker. Right. For me, I love New York pizza. It's very crusty, especially the dollar pizza that is various parts, which are very good. Why not? Like, I love it. And honestly, I had dinner on that many times with two slices, two dollars. You have dinner because they're huge and super thick. So honestly, yes, uh, I love New York pizza.
0: I love talking to Italians about food. They talk about like it's a piece of art, you know. This. It is a piece of art. It is a piece of art.
1: <laughs> it is actually. <laughs> but there are limits to it.
0: Oh, of course. You know, you're going to see like, I'm not a big fan of pizza, to be honest. But if I taste like a good quality pizza, I'm like, yo, this is the shit. This is the pizza that I like eating, you know? So Makes sense. Was there a person that helped you during that time that may help you settle, help you figure out things other than your brother? Was there a person that you met or helped you?
1: Yes. Yes, uh, definitely. There was one person in particular. There was uh, uh, so, especially in the South of Italy, you had a lot of people who emigrated long time ago. And uh, there was uh, one person in particular. Uh, he was very helpful and he came from the same village as me hmm. and uh, he owned a restaurant in Brooklyn and uh, he hosted me in the beginning. Uh, He guided me through the system and also my brother, he he guided me through the system. And then also I made a lot of friends uh, in Brooklyn, in New York, it was um, a continuous meeting people, especially because uh, I thought myself that I I was not the person, I was not a very talkative or social person, but in reality in the time where I was having a challenge, I was being challenged I did reach out to people very proactively. So that was a time where I met a lot of friends, uh, many Americans, uh, not Italians. Uh, So I had a lot of people helping me. You never, never do everything alone. You need a support system. And you can build a support system when you leave your home country. They reach out to people, also in your own village. There might be someone who is on the other part of the ocean who's willing to help you because that person knows what it means to be alone and wants to help you. And that's what happened to me. So definitely, you know, you never do all of this alone, you know. And there are cases, There are cases, and I, and I truly respect people who make it only by themselves. But you always need help at the end. Every we all need help. You oh, yeah, definitely.
0: Definitely. Self. I agree. The, the word is paisan, right? What? Paisan?
1: Uh, ah, that's yeah. Uh, paisan is like, yeah, Italian Americans use that a lot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I've noticed. Uh, yes, it's definitely in the dialect. Uh, it's a it's a way to because a village in uh, Italian is paese. Eh? Mm-hmm. so paisan is like basically the person that comes from your same village
0: yeah we have the same we have the same too it's we say um kababayan
1: okay so you have the same thing
0: yeah so it's like okay the person that's from the same village That like it became like more nationally as okay. you know as uh, people move to a different country but that's what the word we, we use and okay I, I like that i like what you said uh, that you can build your own support system even though you're alone Mm. in a different country and because you know most people they're afraid of asking help
1: oh yeah Uh, i understand honestly i understand that people are afraid to ask for help because many times we think that we look weak when we ask for help it's wrong to think that and uh, you know it's something that you can't really control the fact that you you will feel like oh you know I feel weak because of course it feels good to do it all by yourself but is it really possible it, it is possible but it's much more difficult so be smart about it ask for help always ask for help that's my suggestion big suggestion you know uh, if I would have not asked for help I would have been a very like, I, I, honestly I wouldn't I wouldn't would have probably never graduated right when I was having a difficulty filling out papers for college Uh, it was hard. So I had to ask some American friends who told me how to fill out certain spaces, small things, right? But you need to reach out. You you know, try to not be shy because what I thought myself to motivate myself to go out there and ask for help was, um, this is for your future. It might seem a lot. It might seem big just to ask for a question, or ask for help, but this is true. You know, if you tell yourself, if I just go out and ask for help, this will help me. It will happen, a hundred percent. Because it's you know, like it all depends on what you do, on your action, on the small things. That's how you you build big things by small, small. So ask for small help from everyone you know, and you will build something out of it. That's what I always think.
0: Yeah, I like that incremental improvements.
1: Incremental yeah. improvements.
0: Because people always has this idea, like, oh, I they'll see a mountain and they're like, I'm gonna reach the top of the mountain without any practice, without any training, they'll just do it. Instead of, oh, today I'm going to walk one kilometer, tomorrow two, tomorrow three. It it takes a lot of imagination. Yeah, exactly, you know. So I read that apparently you're a consistent Dean's Lister at your school, in your college.
1: Where did you read Don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) I did see some... uh uh private mode visits on my on my LinkedIn, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> I found ways. You're a, you're a good investigator. Thank say. you. Uh, yes. Um, yes, I, I did uh yeah I wasn't dean's list every semester. Uh um I always had uh, you know I was always very lucky to meet uh, professors who inspired me during the courses and also I was very lucky to have had the time to choose uh, something that I love, mm-hmm. law, and uh, more specifically criminal law, that's what uh, I specialized in. Uh, and so that's uh, studying that something that you love and you're very passionate about helps a lot. So in my studies, uh, I tended to be very focused, mm-hmm. especially because I know how much was at stake. I know how much was working towards it uh, to support uh, myself and everything. So. There was a lot uh, coming in and uh, I was ready to do anything in order to to reach my goal. And also because I knew that, especially in the U.S., results in terms of numbers matter, unfortunately. And this is, we can have a long discussion about uh, the grading system and acceptance to masters and work, you know, and all of these things. There is a big social issue, in my opinion, there, but... Uh, you know that that would be another conversation, I think what it matters here is that um i was I, I felt a lot of weight on my shoulders, so I was ready to really do everything I could in order to make sure I was on top of myself mm-hmm.
0: and i I also read that you used to volunteer at in a soup kitchen
1: i did uh yeah, uh the father's health Ministries in the East village uh and uh, uh basically what i did um because um, what happened is that uh, before being admitted to the college where I ended up graduating, Don Jay College, I did attend for two semesters another college, uh, which is Monroe College. And their campuses were between the Bronx and New Rochelle. So um, that was my first college experience in the U.S. because... Uh, there was a whole uh, bureaucratic thing behind uh, CUNY that I wasn't able to fix. So, you know, it was difficult basically to prove my grades in Italian. So I had to go to Moreau College. And at Moreau College, uh, there were a lot of volunteering uh, opportunities during the weekend. Uh, In the morning. So what I did is um, I participated uh, with this group of students uh, to go at the at the um, uh, Fathers' ministries where we used to cook breakfast for homeless, and you know it was it was a great experience. Um, I met a lot of people, and especially it felt very good. you know uh, it, it was definitely worth uh spending that time uh with people who were in need at the time and especially uh, when i got to hear some very amazing stories about people we never stop when we rush at work and we see people on the street just sitting and they have amazing stories we're just not willing to listen why because we think we're better than them so um there is a lot to say about that but yeah i i did volunteer yeah in new york yeah i did my share of volunteering
0: I like what you said about homeless people that we think that we're better than them and we think they're drug addicts we think yeah. you know they're useless in uh, the society not knowing that they were one mistake away from being you
1: exactly and probably not even uh, you know uh, probably not even a mistake right it's like these people they just did something that society perceives to be wrong. Then, uh, you know, we will fall into interpretation of what is wrong and what is good, and it's a whole philosophical And <laughs> I don't want to, like, get into oh, that I'm conversation. Oh, I'm not going to argue. But... You, you studied law. I don't know nothing. <laughs> no, no. Uh, believe me, uh, that's an also conversation. Degrees don't define your knowledge 100%. <laughs> it's your life that defines you.
0: Yeah, as the, the guy that did lister and finished... All those degrees and whatnot. So after New York, you decided to move to Paris. Why?
1: Uh, there are a lot of um, factors that weighted into my decision to move to France. So the first thing is that uh, in 2017, I started uh, dating uh, a girl who oh, you know I'm you currently fell for with.
0: One of those. <laughs>
1: Yes, a good one. Uh, oh, good! Congratulations. And thank you. And so I'm currently living with her in Paris. Um, and she was moving to Geneva. Uh, she was she graduated one year before me. So it was uh, 2017. She graduated in 2017. I would have graduated in 2018. Uh, so what happened is that the, she left in June of 2017. At the time, I didn't really think to move to Paris. Because uh, I was I, I won a scholarship to uh, to prepare for the LSAT. Uh, I'm sure you know about the LSAT for those who no, don't please know. tell us. Okay, so the LSAT is the law school admission test. It's a standardized test. A very wrong way to assess a candidate, in my opinion, uh, and uh, it's, it's it can be very difficult. Um, and uh, law schools require the LSAT as one of the scores to submit along with the remaining documents for an application. So um, it's very difficult the LSAT, especially for someone who doesn't speak English as a mother tongue. Uh, But that was not the barrier at all. Uh, I I won the scholarship and I did the course, so I was ready to do it and actually booked for an exam. I paid $180 as a fee for the exam, not reimbursable. and then uh, I went to to her home country during the summer, I remember, to Ghana, mm. to visit her. And there, for some reason, uh, I started thinking, uh, okay, what if with the visa it's not going to work? Uh, what if I also want to do something else? What if it's going to e- be easier if I just don't stay in the U S why? Because I started asking myself, let's say that I get into law school and let's say that uh, I get a pretty nice admission. Right. But then I, I had to renew my visa. That was the time that I had to renew my five year visa hmm. student visa. And uh, there was a very high chance in my opinion that they would have rejected it. Why it's, it happens. Uh, it has happened to people. I know uh, just because when you get an F-1 visa is a non-immigrant visa. uh You get the visa to, you know, get your education and get out of the United States. Mm -hmm. That's why it's called a non-immigrant visa, according to the law. And in fact, when you do your interview, there is a mutual understanding between you and the person who is sending out the visa that uh, you, once you finish your studies in the U.S., your objective is to go back to your country. Right. Uh, Otherwise, you would have gotten an immigrant visa. So, um, I did my five years and going to law school, it's very specific. Why? Because going to law school, it means that then you will have to take the bar, to pass the bar in a specific state. And that means that your objective is to immigrate to the US, right? To stay in the United States. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of people did it, but I didn't really want to play with chance for the simple reason that it would have been a big loss if I would have been admitted I would have spent a lot of money in application fees and everything. It would have been a pretty big investment. And then if I would have been rejected the visa, I would have not been able to go back to the US. And it would have been very difficult logistically and also psychologically. So I what I did is I didn't, I didn't take the asset, even if I prepared uh, and everything. What I did is um, I started applying also to universities uh, in Europe. Uh, for a master, for master's program, which would allow me to uh, work more in public management and risks related to public management. Because at the end, what I thought also of is not, why did I want to get into law? It's because I had this uh, passion about anti-corruption. That was my big thing. And it's always been, it still is my, it's, it's my field of work nowadays. Um, so I thought, what could actually help me work in anti corruption, but still not require me to have a JD, a Juris Doctorate, and pass the bar in the US. And there was uh, a master's degree in Europe. There were various master's programs, uh, one of them a Hertz School of Governance, uh, another one at the Graduate Institute in Geneva, and then I applied in Paris at Sciences Po. Uh, And then I got into two of my three options in in Berlin at Hertie and at Sciences Po and I decided to go to Sciences Po because it was a very unique program, uh, international public management with a focus on global risks and European studies. So I had a chance to look at European law, Global risks, so I I, I had a chance to also focus a bit on corruption. Uh, And also the international management was a very nice curriculum in terms of what I was going to study. And uh, and also I thought about the European Union kind of idea, like what it gave me as opportunities, because it would have been easier to work, to find a job. I was going to learn another language that I eventually learned. So um, there were a lot of factors. Uh, Definitely also my girlfriend who moved to Europe. Uh, So that made us closer. She was living in Geneva then. So we were much closer than New York, Geneva. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's why I moved. And then I got in. And uh, right after graduating in May 2018, in June, I went to Paris. And uh, yeah, I got a job in Paris. And uh, then I started my master's.
0: Nice. How do you find Paris? By the way, do you speak French uh, before you move?
1: uh, Oui, oui. Je parle français. I speak French. Where did you learn? I learned. I, I learned it actually the hard way i didn't really speak french so uh, it was very hard uh, but uh, during my masters program i took some french courses uh, not very in-depth um, i worked in a french startup uh, but they spoke english but they still there was some interactions in french and then um, when i did my internship in in the company where i actually work today uh, it was fully in French and the expectation was that I would have gotten my first contract also if, uh, if uh, I developed my French. So working in a French environment definitely uh, helped me uh, get my French to a good level. Not say excellent, but good.
0: Hey, it
1: passes better than
0: my French for sure. I
1: don't know. It's a, it's, it's no, it's a, I can work with it. uh, I can do everything with it. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's still not your mother tongue, right? And I consider now my mother tongue to almost not mother tongue, but, you know, the, the, the tongue that I prefer to be English uh, since I did my university studies with it. So I was able to develop, master my English much more also than Italians on, on some level. Better than your Italian uh italian, yeah, you have to think that i i pretty much stopped studying italian in italian uh, when i was 19 yeah right it, it, goes, away. So, it goes away it goes away away <laughs> and it's awkward sometimes especially when i work you know uh, we have conversation about okay you know how good is your italian right in a professional environment it's good i can really uh, i can have a professional conversation in italian You it just said you know it won't be everything perfect all the time because there will be times where you will just slick in an english world so you know yeah it's, I, I, it's inevitable.
0: I remember yeah. when i used to work with this uh, old lady she was she's german and i was talking to her and i said yo teach me some german words what's the german word for this and she's like oh i don't know i forgot i'm like and in my, I was young, then, I was very young. And she's a very, she's an old lady. And I said, how could you forget something? It's like riding a bike, right? You'll always remember. No. Fast forward a few years, living here in Canada, there are Filipino words. I'm like, I don't even know the word.
1: Right? You, It's so awkward when you go Google Translate and you translate <laughs> from English to your language. I do it like I hide myself sometimes when I do that, you know. It And sometimes also my girlfriend asks me for, translation that it's so awkward when we're in (laughs) italy and uh, i really sometimes i don't know what to do so uh i you know uh, it's nice to hear that i'm not the only one
0: no it goes away it goes away and it's sometimes i talk to my friends that are from the philippines still lives in the philippines and when i say oh because they'll say oh why do you speak continue speaking english Just speak filipino to us and i'll say because my brain is designed now or programmed now to speak english a hundred percent.
1: And you also think in English most of the time.
0: Yes, exactly. You know, once in yeah. a while, you know, a, a lot of people will say when you get angry or scared, whatever word comes out first, that will still be your your mother tongue, as they say. Mm-hmm. For me, it's like 90 percent, maybe higher than that. It's mostly English.
1: A hundred percent. I hundred percent. Do you dream in English? I do exactly. I See, do. that's I admit it. it uh, I, I'm really admitting in right now on this call. So yeah, <laughs> first time I'm admitting it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awkward, but I have. Why? It. <laughs> no, it's, I'm joking. Uh,
0: I know. I mean, I mean, I still love speaking Filipino. I do. Whenever I have a chance to speak, let me let me backtrack a little bit because with my family, I still speak in English most of the time. But when okay. it's a some, but, but it's a person that's from the Philippines, and I know they speak Filipino, I will speak Filipino. It just sounds good. It has a different thing. Like it speak,
1: I don't know. It, what you it. can control it. You can control it. Mm. It's exactly. just uh, automatic. Yeah, I feel you.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's like when you listen to music in your in mm-hmm. Italian or me in Filipino. Yeah. I love English songs, but when I play Filipino
1: songs, it's something. It is and he, he, I, I do feel emotional sometimes. So I, I start appreciating more the words of Italian songs. I have to say <laughs> sometimes uh, I start really listening to the text. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I'm getting no, old. Like, I agree. Oh, yeah, hundred. that's what it
0: is. That's what you're, I heard. You're being emotional. You're being more. I don't
1: like it's ridiculous using. <laughs> Oh yeah, sometimes it's it's crazy how you get emotional over small things. But yeah, uh, it changes a lot.
0: It's 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 you change a lot. You you catch yourself. I don't know about your relationship with your dad or your mom, but Mm -hmm. sometimes you catch yourself like
1: I'm turning into them. Yeah, I definitely I'm turning into (laughs) my parents. I can uh, 100% say that. Because uh, I, I know.
0: love that when, you know, when we're growing up, I don't know about you, but w- when I was growing up, I tried to separate myself from them. You
1: know what I mean? Like you want to be your own? When you're a adolescent, yeah, teenage years, 100%. I think we all have that vibe, right? Yeah. Uh, although, no, I have to say uh, I always wanted to be like them. So, uh, you know, has uh, been, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah. I always wanted to be like them, uh, you know. Do you enjoy getting old? thing is that you know I look at uh, I remember you know I have memories of my grandparents and also my only grandmother who is still living and uh, they enjoy you know they enjoy being who they are and who they've become and that's my goal right
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: like uh, where you really enjoy yourself you know who you are and uh, I think that's something that you build with experience and life and we. We, like, that's uh, that's what I, you know, uh, see as happiness. Then, you know, other people might have other perceptions of what happiness is and must be look like. Uh, but, you know, it's, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Talking about happiness, I like what you said about happiness and your grandparents. I'm assuming your grandparents never moved away from Italy. Uh,
1: no, they did not. They did. Uh, my grandfather did go around a bit. From what i heard but he, he, most of the time he stayed in um no actually no he did not it was actually the the brothers and sisters of my grandmother who they all emigrated pretty much uh, mm-hmm. some left very very young uh some uh they left and never returned so it's definitely yeah he he did not move uh, like he stayed uh, my my grandparents actually stayed in uh, in italy in my village um so yeah no no, definitely. It's different yeah. experiences. So on going that. on that,
0: what's your opinion? You know how people, oh, you have to travel to find happiness and all this stuff. And then a great example is your your Nona and your uh,
1: grandpa. They never mm-hmm. move and I'm, they're happy. That's the thing. It's like, uh, especially with social media, we tend to have the idea that traveling uh, is not traveling, but like moving away is the is the source of happiness which is so untrue and i'll tell you this as one of the co-founders of the overseas dream right Mm -hmm. no it's not (laughs) like that like it's exactly not like that that's also not what we are trying to say with the overseas dream actually what we are saying with the overseas dream is also like you you need to know if you want to do it and uh, the moment that you know you're unhappy you have to feel good also coming back going back because mm-hmm. uh you know each and one of us has his or her or their own dreams right it's so specific to each person so to me no definitely you might need to travel definitely like travel a bit for leisure right for vacations and whatever you want or need to do Um, do that also to open your mind but if you don't want to do it's also so that if i nobody like it just that we have so much pressure, peer pressure from social media and all the exposure we get to people who leave their countries and they expose everything they do. We, we should not feel that pressure. You just, If it's something that calls you, do it. Otherwise, why? Mm-hmm. Why would you do that to yourself? It's, it's, it's a lot of sacrifice and you leave your loved ones pretty much. You change your life. Yeah. Why, why would you do that to yourself?
0: I agree. It's just very difficult. I asked that question because it's one of the questions that I've been really pondering for the last few years because most of my family, like your family, we have moved. My aunts, my cousins, and everyone. I have actually family in Italy, in, okay. uh, in Milan. Oh, uh, Milan, nice. Yeah, so them, some are here in Canada. But we have family, or my aunt lives in the same town, where she was born, mm-hmm. and she's not thinking of moving at all. And I asked her one time, like, "Yo, are you, are you not planning to move? Like, find things, do things? What, what's your plan?" And she's like, "No, I'm happy here."
1: It makes a lot of sense to me. You know what
0: I mean? Like, it it's very simple. Of-
1: it's fine. You know, it's. Uh, I know people who, friends of mine, who want to stay in Montecatino, and uh, it's very nice, especially because they feel the drive to. Improve the community, do something for the place where we grew up, and they offered us so much. Mm-hmm. Do it honestly. I respect a lot of that as well. Uh, it's choices I respect in people when they they you know they they don't really let themselves influence by others. I know it's difficult, you know. Uh, so, honestly, if you if you manage to find yourself among all this craziness and um, you know nonsense that people try to impose on you or like you know those motivational talks like (laughs) you have to do this you have to do that you have to leave your country you have to invest in these you know just do do whatever you want right and if you're convinced about it you'll live a nice life sometime because you'll be happy
0: yeah I agree that and I think you let me touch a little bit on what you said is like it's not the place where you live it's not what you're doing. It's what's inside you. What makes you happy. Find out what makes you yeah. happy and just do that, dude. Whatever yeah. it is. If you like to be a farmer, you want to be a goat herder, you want to be, I don't know, a big hotshot CEO, just find your happiness,
1: dude.
0: 100%. So since you have moved twice, do you find you're more open to immigrating or moving again?
1: Uh, yeah. Um, I think that... I take the decision lightly, but I also with the awareness that is not that easy. Mm. It's not easy. And France proved me that very harsh, hard, because basically, uh, especially with the language, I feel that when you are starting to live in a country where you don't fully speak the language and where you just learn it, especially when you go ahead with time and age, I think that it can be very difficult and it brings a lot of insecurities. A lot of insecurities. What because mean? what happens is that you're not as confident speaking and interacting and living on one language that you don't fully speak as you would be in a language that you mastered. As for me, English and Italian. I speak very good French, right? I, I, I can handle my things in French, but I cannot even tell you uh, you know, how many scams over small things, uh, how many difficulties with the administration over tax papers, over health insurance, uh, paying double for things I could have paid half, uh, lots of things just because of the language. And also the 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 confidence to to just speak with the same uh, uh, say, again, confidence as you would in English or in Italian for me, right? Uh, I don't have that same uh, confidence all the time in French. I, I would not be able to, uh, you know, have a full argument with the same quality of argumentation that I would give you in English or in Italian. It would just not happen, in my opinion. I would be able to get to a certain point, but it would end there. Mm-hmm. So that brings down a lot of your confidence, I think. Uh, you start becoming a bit insecure, uh over certain things it's something that it's fixable it's just i'm not willing to do that uh because i I have priorities uh i started putting priorities but i know that moving again will create again some new insecurities some new issues but that's what you're willing to accept to move why because i i don't like to be an ordinary person i tend to i love to be dynamic and change my life a bit Uh, i think the change helps for me other people, it doesn't, and that's totally fine. Uh, but that's uh, I'm why I'm very open to immigration because I'm willing to accept all these challenges. And it's very hard, though. So that's what people should be aware of. It's very hard. And uh, I, I tend to have very bad arguments with people who tell me it's not that big of a deal. It's a big deal. And what, what do, and do they who say? have not done it. I heard people saying, you know, it's just it's, it's not that it's not that difficult, you know. Like once you speak the language, you're be, gonna be fine. There is a the little nuances that you will never experience. you will never know about if you don't live in the country, right? Mm. Let's say uh, going to the post office, it can seem that easy, but uh, believe me, once I've sent a package, I don't know where I don't know where <laughs> the package is now. So uh, there's a lot of you know small things that you think are so easy and normal to do. It's not. And uh, sometimes it's also tiring, right? Uh, with technology, you say everything is possible, but it's also tiring. You know, it's very tiring, you know. And uh, in the morning, you're doing your, I don't know, monthly thing to the train or like whatever, small things. It's not easy. It's not easy. I, I, I will not be able to explain you in full because uh, now we're not having in mind all the difficulties I had. And I, and I will make this conversation very long, but uh, what I can tell is that it's not that easy. And people should really try to put themselves in the shoes of others before thinking how easy or hard it is. For me, it is also hard for people who live in their own country and to continue, because there are more difficulties that are applicable to any scenario, right? And so that's why I don't judge anyone on this. It's just individual.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I mean... I like what you said there, like the little things. It's like um, the Charles Bukowski poem, the shoelace. It's not yeah, the, the big things. It's the small thing. It's the tying of the shoelace. You're you get a flat tire, you know. You're drinking oh milk and God. it spilled all over your face.
1: You're like, Fuck. i I I'm you know uh, sometimes I start when I moved to France to start the game very paranoid. You know, like I started having paranoia over small things. Uh, because I knew how difficult it would have been uh, to deal with the consequences. Uh, once uh, me and my girlfriend, we, we, we were locked out of the apartment. One of us forgot the key um, instead of the lock. And so uh, I had to call a uh, in French, uh, the locksmith. And this guy came and he charged us an incredible amount of money. Because I didn't know how the system worked. I didn't know that basically when you call an agency, the agency calls another agency, the agency calls another third party. What the hell? uh, An amount of fees that, uh, and especially if you call at night, it's twice the amount if you would call instead during the morning. So we ended up paying a huge amount of money, huge amount of money. Uh, And that's for small things, right? You start getting paranoid because what, what happens is that you start checking the door 3,000 times if it's closed or not, right? <laughs> uh, you uh, you probably, uh, we live at the ninth floor. We go to the, to the zero floor and we're like, oh, shit, do we forget the key there? You start freaking out. I don't want that to happen, right? Or, or when they tell us, call us so that we can uh, discuss more. And you have some people who they don't understand your actions sometimes. Mm. So you're not even able to understand why they should refund you that health expense you had. Because you have an insurance that, you know, it's a small things, you know, it might seem easy for people who live in their own country, but it's not. Because it just, you know, you cannot explain everything, right? Sometimes mm. I had to do insurance for my motorcycle. It was a terrible experience. So uh, honestly, uh, it's, 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 a small thing, as you said, as well. Yeah. Shoelaces applies. It's, it's, everything but yeah I,
0: I completely agree even here in Quebec we speak French and English thankfully I speak English French not so good but I like what you said that like, you know simple things like going to the depaner, uh, you're going to take the metro or wh- whatever else you're like oh shit I have to talk to this guy I have to ask the question and like no, i'm just gonna try to figure it out and then it's gonna be hard because you couldn't figure it out and then you're gonna get lost and exactly. then you end up you end up sending package to timbuktu somewhere you know what i mean there you go it has happened to everyone they just don't want to admit it <laughs> yeah exactly and and i like that people you said that people put so much pressure on you that oh it's easy dude just do the thing yeah because you've been yeah. doing it whole your life this is my first thing it's like when i used to work yeah. for um, I used, when I was younger here, I used to work for a warehouse and they're talking about like Canadian references, you know? And I'm like, I keep on asking like, what does that mean? What What is that? Exactly. And they'll say, how come you don't know? I'm like, I just move here. <laughs> I just move here. <laughs> I don't so know. It's so funny. People will take it for granted. Yeah. They forget. Not that it's their fault, but you know, it no, happens. No, 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 Yeah, it happens. So I, it became a joke with them. It was... Because I moved here 2003, so I always say, okay, from 2003 and now, you can talk to me about anything about Canadian. 2003 and below, unless it's Alanis Morissette or <laughs> or Neil <laughs> Young, other than that, don't talk to me because I don't know anything. Although justifiable. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was fun. It was a fun experience. But again, like you said, it's like the little things kills you just it's like an ocean it just keeps on coming and coming so in what ways do you think migration has made you stronger
1: it has made me stronger because um, I've realized that I can count on my individuality Uh, many times we are scared to be alone um, but then um, when I emigrated I realized that I'm also perfectly fine when I'm by myself. Uh, I do solo trips at occasions uh, and I enjoy them. Um, And also you start taking challenges uh, not more easily, but uh, with a better with a better approach. So, because you know, you also learn basically to to understand how to approach challenges. You, you learn more about yourself very much. That's what it made me stronger. Uh, I learned who I really am. I learned also to discover myself and to talk to myself. It might sound crazy, but I do talk to myself, ask myself questions. Uh, because when you emigrate, you are a bit by yourself. You will spend a lot of time by yourself. And that's fine. It's nothing wrong with you because people will tell you, will ask you the time, is it because I'm boring that I don't have friends or because I don't really speak well the language? No, you'll just be by yourself because you're not where you grew up. Mm. You won't have your friend come and knock at the door and tell you, let's go out for a walk because it's not your own country, right? Yeah. It's, uh, it's different. I missed that. I missed that a lot, but I learned to really stick to myself and be like, I can do this. It's an individual experience. Yes, I missed a lot of birthday parties. I missed a lot of like occasions, graduations, uh, you name it, right? But it's fine. It's, it's, um, that's where I learned about myself. Be, learn to be by yourself. It's so important. If you don't, you'll be lost when nobody will be there for you. Mm-hmm. And so that's why you need to build a strong understanding of your individuality. I know who Eugenio is. I know very well, right? And I know who Eugenio wants to be in the future. You need to be aware also of that, in my opinion. I love
0: that. I love that. Do you think the Italian Eugenio and the now Eugenio are completely different people? Or uh, or the other ones the, just hiding?
1: The 19-year-old Eugenio was definitely different from, uh, from the now Eugenio. I tended to take many things for granted. I was very spoiled um, as a kid. My parents, uh, they've always given us their full heart and everything to me. Um, And uh, emigrating uh, and going to the US taught me a lot, and also taught myself to come down from the podium where I thought I was standing. Um, because I was very confident on myself for being the star of myself. In reality, I'm nobody. I was nobody. Uh, And that's what you learn when you go out in the country where nobody knows you. Nobody knows who the fuck you are. Mm. So uh, pretty much, uh, I definitely learned to humble down a lot. Uh, And also, I... Consider myself much more open-minded than before. I, you're never enough open-minded, in my opinion. There are a lot of things you you'll never be able to know or understand. But I consider myself much more open-minded to, especially to social issues, mm-hmm. and also to, I learned about the idea of privilege, and the, you know, like the privilege I experience as the person I am, as a white person coming from Italy, European country, and etc uh and all things that i was not aware of when i was 19 and when i lived uh there i know that many of my friends who live there they they are very aware of certain social issues and uh probably i also could have become aware i don't know if i would have become aware the same way as now but uh immigration definitely helped me to be more aware and uh, understand uh, uh, much more things about social issues about how people uh, have different lives than you, and how you have to learn to respect other people's lives, beliefs, and beings. You know, like who they are and who they want to be. So uh, definitely, and also the only thing that probably has not changed is that I don't appreciate people who put pineapple on pizza. The rest, is, it's 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 uh, it's the same.
0: Mm, for sure, for sure. I think we're getting there. But before we close out, I want to ask you one more question. Is that okay?
1: Yeah. No, no. Take your time.
0: So for people that is planning to immigrate, what would you tell them to expect and what advice would you give them?
1: The first thing that I will tell to someone who is, um, who's, is moving out of their country is to really plan everything to the point, but then also know what's your limit when you can plan. You cannot plan everything and things will have to happen. Issues happen, problems happen, and that's where immigrating, emigrating is fun. You, you learn to, to really fight your challenges. Second is uh, set your goal. If you have a goal, you have a road, and if you have a road, you know where to walk. So I think you have to have an objective. If it's not too precise, it's fine. You don't need to write it down. You don't need to do none of that. Just have it in mind. And if you can see it, you have it in your hand, in my opinion. So um, have the objective and also do not listen too much for people who tell you. I've had many people discouraging me or telling me, uh, you know, why becoming an attorney in the U.S. when you can become an attorney in Italy? Uh, Why moving to to the U.S. when you can stay so nice in Italy, whatever? It's let people share their opinion with you, but then stick with what you really like. Don't take so seriously what everyone tells you. People sometimes really say anything, anything. And it's not the, you know, like many times people, they just say things. I don't know why I can't explain the human mind yet, but what I can tell you is that people will will talk. People talk, let them talk, especially talk about you. They never talk about themselves, talk always about what you want to do, your plans. That's what I realized. So just let them talk, but also, once they talk, close their the ear and just let you know. Let your heart open, listen, right? Because you need to, you need to, to to basically just listen to what your heart says. And it sounds very abstract. It's true. I never understood that phrasing before. But the more you grow up, the more you start believing what is written in books. And what I understand is that you need to just listen to yourself. That's the biggest. I can give you. Listen to yourself only, and people will discourage you, you will feel demotivated at times and when is when you feel the most demotivated that you're succeeding in my opinion, because you're really basically going through the hardest challenge there. Mm. and once you have a challenge you always have a more positive thing after that's always always happened at least to me that's um, uh, i that's i'm um, interpreting my life there is a, a very dark moment there will be a better one after you cannot go better, worse than this then it happens it goes worse it's funny it's gonna happen and one thing is you will always have problems you can live in even in the in the best country in the world have the best job whatsoever you have the best life you will always have problems. always so just learn to deal with them and if you have difficulties open yourself up to your support system build one if you don't have it so um, and build your ecosystem ecosystem means find your barber find your you know where you do your grocery find your sport your community uh find whatever you need to to feel like you're back home in a certain way right but don't make it too much like back home otherwise what did you even need mm. so unless it's for uh, you know, reasons that, you know, uh, people that people have to leave sometimes their country so that's different. But definitely mm-hmm. if you leave willingly, that's another conversation. Excellent. Wise
0: word from a wise man. Again, Eugenio, thank you for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate
1: it. My, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. It was uh, amazing talking to you um you you know it's it's a really nice uh podcast that you're you, you set up and especially you know how to talk to people so thank you for taking the words out of me <laughs> thank you have a good day you too bye ciao, ciao
0: again eugenio thank you for coming on the podcast i really do appreciate it thank you listeners for listening this is Aaron deliosa for an immigrant's life i'll see you guys later